Yeah, it's like it, it has multiple sides, however many sides it is. No. 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 Okay, let me think about that one then. No, one stop. second. I'm tell you. Uh, no, no, I don't. I, I, I let me let me okay, very far in the brain it comes. Well, so, word. oh, it's a word phrase sequence that reads the same backward to forward. Right. Sorry for saying Sorry Media presents the Purr Podcast, the best podcast for feline medicine and surgery with tips, tricks, and updates for the entire veterinary healthcare team. If you're dying to know more about cats, keep on listening. Here are your hosts, Dr. Susan Little, famous cat vet and textbook author, and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, talented surgeon and social media geek. Hi, this is Dr. Susan Little. And this is Dr. Yola Kirpenstein, and this is the Per Podcast. Did, did you hear the brightness and the enthusiasm in my voice? It was amazing. I, I mean, know, I thought it, so. it is obvious that you have had a little break, and so you're <laughs> eager to go back on the ether. Uh, oh, indeed. I'm, indeed. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And and uh, this is the Per Podcast. This is, uh, you know, uh, last week we had a session where we just talked about ourselves which was wonderful <laughs> um, and although you said that we could never ever fill 25 minutes with our babbling yeah. uh, it happened kind of without us thinking about yeah. it so we talked about a lot of important things like passports and that sort of things but this time we're really going to talk about feline medicine we promised so yeah. the first article we can talk about is uh, is about CRISPR and, it is uh, Yes. And, yes. and, uh, and if, if the video of this ever makes it to Patreon, for those of who are seeing me like move around, it's because a thunderstorm just passed over and the sun is suddenly. Yeah, you're very bright suddenly. <laughs> I know, I know. So bear with me as I kind of slide around here. Oh, there we are. Now I'm, now I'm not in the sun. Okay. So, so what are yes. we talking about? So we're, we're talking about uh, genome engineering and, uh, and this this is a and 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 yeah. How we will you call it a a way of editing genes yeah. by CRISPR and it's called yeah. CRISPR. And yeah. uh, and this is a little article that uh, uh, um, hasn't really done it yet, but it kind of thinks about or talks about what if we delete one gene in the cat that causes most of the allergies that people have for cats so i thought that was really interesting yeah they they may inactivate it versus mm -hmm. deleting it not that i pretend to know the the way the you difference? do either of those things oh yeah. thank you for explaining that then. yes yes <laughs> they, they may inactivate it but yeah and so the reason that it's even possible is because well, so it's about, you know, people who have cat allergies, like Yola has cat I, allergies, I, right? I am extremely allergic to cats. Right. And so um, I think that scientists have known for a long time that there's one particular protein that cats make that causes most of the allergies in people. And so they know what gene makes that protein. And so because it's such a simple thing, like it's one protein, it's one gene, right? It, it means that um, with these CRISPR um, methods that edit a genome, they might be able to inactivate that gene. Um, but so one thing that, that I found interesting, so when we'll, we'll post um, the link to this um, article 
that's called CRISPR could create hypoallergenic cats. But like in the first paragraph, they say it would have up to 55% efficiency. So I found that interesting. Like why, why isn't it like 99% efficiency? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? that's a good question. Yeah, like you yes. kind of think if they're going to inactivate it. So apparently it's not an all or nothing thing, right? No, but in life, it's rare in, in biology, rarely it is a all or nothing thing. And then mm -hmm. the other thing is that uh, genes have a certain reason that they exist. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that is scary about this is if you inactivate a gene, you mm. really don't know what other things this mm. gene is really for. So it mm. might be, uh, mm. you know, uh, moving the cat's tail. Yeah. So, and it's very true that about the, the gene that produces this protein we're talking about, nobody actually knows like what the function of the protein is. Like why mm -hmm. do cats make that protein and, and what it's, what is it for? So I, I agree with you. I think that's a little scary, right? Um, so, but on, and then on you have the whole ethical question if we yeah. should be doing this to cats. Yeah, Cause... but so here's here's the thing though. They won't have to like test this theory in cats. That's mm -hmm. the good news. So unless, mm -hmm. you know, so I'll save you all from thinking they're going to go out there and like delete genes and then see if the cat dies. So they mm -hmm. can actually just test it out in cultures in the lab, right? They can just mm -hmm. um, delete genes in, in a group of cells and see what happens to the cells. So... Yeah, but yes, at the end, they have thought. to try it out in a cat, don't they? If they really want to try it out, yeah, uh, you know, at a certain point, the cat comes there. And I think the whole ethical yeah. discussion is, are we allowed to mm. do that? You know, yeah, it, it's, yeah. it, it's a deep question because I, I had a discussion once with an ethicist that says that even had a problem with me taking off a leg because yeah. uh, in an animal because the leg is supposed to be there and although there might be cancer in the leg yeah uh, but the cancer is not supposed to be there no but the animal cannot say if he or she wants yeah. the leg to be amputated yeah. now we're going to change the genome in yeah. an animal and are we allowed to do that and i know that there's of course it's happening all the time with you know corn that we genetically engineer and then the corn becomes better and strong or whatever can we really do that we have already cloned a, a sheep named dolly uh but you know how far do we go oh it's Dr. a really Susan. interesting ethical question and it's one of those things that i i don't know if there's ever a right or a wrong answer i think there's like what's right for you um but you also wonder like how far do you take it right because as you know your example of the of the of the leg like the cat with the tumor on its leg, right? And the only way to save the cat's life is to remove the leg. The cat doesn't get to consent to that. No. Right? Yeah, so it's a really- the owner consent. Yeah, it's a really interesting um, ethical dilemma. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what, it's, it's interesting where people draw the line. So if I think about myself, I'm quite comfortable as long as I don't think about it too deeply, <laughs> about, you know, the issue of the cat in the, the leg, for example. But once you start talking about editing a genome to make hypoallergenic cats, that feels like a bridge too far for me, right? Because the one thing saves a life, whereas producing hypoallergenic cats seems to have less benefit to the cat. 
Yeah, although then I'm going to push back a little bit uh, because you know I love to do that. Whenever yeah. you say something, I say something different. Yeah. Uh, and and we have done selective breeding yes. over hundreds and thousands of years already with dogs yeah. and cats. So we have now produced cats that have two shorter legs. We have we have produced cats that have no nose. We have cats that are have no hair. We have done that already, and we have allowed that. Yeah. Uh, and we as veterinarians are not always happy because there's a lot yeah. of diseases associated with inbreeding and that sort of stuff. Um, why is this different? Yeah, no, I, I actually I agree with you because I I am much more conflicted over purebred cats and dogs now than I used to be when I was younger and more naive, you know, and and mm. hadn't had a veterinary career where you see the dark side. I, I think that's what vets often see, right? We see the dark side of the selective mm -hmm. breeding. So I'm very conflicted about that, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much. And so. there's, so, I mean, now on the other hand, I mean, there are, there are cat breeds that are just amazing. Oh, Oh, absolutely. And I've owned them. And I used to breed cats at one time, for sure. You bred cats? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Egyptian mouse. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I love I Egyptian mouse. I did. Yeah. No. I know. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but now, but th that was um, like, uh, I think I stopped doing that after my first or second year of, of uh being a vet, just because there was no time, right? Like, yeah. just like really busy, right? But now, you know, sort of like decades later, um, I look back and I think, ah, oh, you know, mm. maybe I, I know too much now, right? Like we know too much. But that, Ed, oh, tell me about Egyptian Mao. Do they have a lot of uh, problems? No, no. So it's not so much that. Um, so for to me, it, it's like, we're really straying from a hypoallergenic cats here, but that's okay. So for me, there's really two issues. So one is that the breed itself, is prone to health problems or might be based on a health problem like the Scottish fold cat like that's yeah. based on a cartilage abnormality and a lot of those cats really suffer yeah no true yeah so that's one thing but the other thing is the like how you breed cats the housing right so anybody who's breeding cats like you need quite a few cats <laughs> um, yeah. and cats are not they're not meant to live in groups. They don't live in groups well. Mm. So their stress level goes up, you know, and they get more, um, uh, uh, probably most cat breeders have come across, or vets who have worked with cat breeders, um, have come across problems with upper respiratory tract infections and with diarrhea, because it, it's a stressful life, I guess. That's mm -hmm. kind of what it boils down to for me. And again, like, does the cat get to consent to that stressful life? I don't know. Yeah, that's I a very know. good question. That's yeah. a very, very good question. So I'm I have, I have sure. a, I have a question for you. Yeah. What does CRISPR stand for? Oh, yes. <gasps> I knew you would do that. I, I knew you, uh, I'm sure you looked that up and had it written down, right? What's, what, let me, let me think about it. One second. I'm going yeah. to think about He's it. He's going to think um, on Google. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> let me think. He's going to get uh, Google it, to help him think. And uh, I think CRISPR is standing for. <laughs> I think it's standing for clustered regular interspace short palindromic repeats. How about that? That's it. That's it. Okay, but I. Oh, yeah, you I are have, so mean. You know I that. Have a follow up question. Yeah, no, no, we wouldn't do that anymore. I, I, I know that that question. this this this. 
this uh, na nasty Dr. Susan gene. No, we need no, to edit that one out, I think, because... Susan, um, I have a follow-up question. What's a palindrome? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because so it has nothing I, I, to do with CRISPR. What's a palindrome? What? It says palindromic repeats. What's a palindrome? Yeah, it's like it, it has multiple sides, however many sides it is. No. 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 Okay, let me think about that one then. No, one stop. second. I'm tell you. Uh, no, no, I don't. I, I, I let me, let me. It's okay, very far in the brain. It comes. Well, so, oh, it's a word phrase sequence that reads the same backward to forward. Right. Good. Good guess, Yola. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, you are so mean. You know, I, I never do this to you. It's educational. Oh yeah, you never, you don't do it to me in a podcast very often, but you've certainly done it in live lectures. <laughs> Chippy is saying no. It's yeah. uh, Chippy is saying no. So uh, Chippy has the, no. the truth. But uh, so thank you, Doctor Susan. So yes. So and and okay. Let, and then tell me what has that to do with CRISPR? Um, because there are palindromic genetic sequences. So they read the same backwards to frontwards. Look at that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look at that. Well, I used to, when, when I could travel, I used to hang out with uh, geneticists a lot, actually. because. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, did yeah. she talk about CRISPR a lot? Well, so one of my best friends is Dr. Leslie Lyons, yes. who is... Um, an amazing feline geneticists, geneticist. So, so no, actually, I don't think I've ever heard Leslie. Talk I think we need to talk to her about this. This would That's be really a good cool. idea. It's, it's, it's a good topic because yeah. how she feels about using CRISPR to eliminate, uh, eliminate the fell D1. Yeah. And we, we haven't talked to Leslie in a while, so. No, no, exactly, exactly. No, so um, just yeah. to come back to the topic, there's two genes that uh, that uh, encode for this allergen, uh, yeah. and they did succeed in uh, in eliminating or not not eliminating silencing these genes. So, uh, but not in the cat, I think. So they uh, ah. at least they they uh, they said it is possible to do it. Yeah. So they they probably proven like in the lab that it's possible, I guess. Yeah. Yes. But you yeah, know, they have so a the CRISPR method to inactivate both CH1 and CH2, what are two uh, genes that? The two genes. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah. now it's also they, these methods were up to fifty-five percent efficient at mutating the genes in cells grown in the lab. Ah. So that's it. So there's where the fifty-five percent comes that from. Is it. It's, it. Yes. But so, do you think, like, if the reduction? And the allergen the cats made was if it was reduced by fifty-five percent. Like, do you do you think that would help you? Yeah, I but I mean, that is not even the because. Um, so it might be that it's fifty-five percent of the cats that don't make the allergy of that. But it doesn't say that it is a decrease of the, the allergen. I think you I think either... it does in the first paragraph. Or oh, it says fifty-five percent efficiency. So I like. Yeah. I agree with you. I'm not really sure what that means. So you but... might have cats that are completely hyperallergenic because uh -huh. they don't have the gene anymore that works. Um, and, yeah. and they say something about that. The method did not unintentionally edit other genes. We could have nasty consequences for the cat. Oh, so so you, you broke up there um, a little bit, Yola. So oh, for, for, I did. Just repeat it again, because I like so, that line from the article. 
Additionally, the scientists found no evidence that the method unintentionally edited other genes, which huh? could have nasty consequences. Well, it could. The cat's health. <laughs> it could. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so... I, I think that it, it's an interesting article. And, and you know, um, as a person being very allergic to cats and a cat lover, I would love to have a cat. And so I probably yeah. would, if there's truly a hyperallergenic cat, I would consider it. Yeah. So, but is this good for the cat? That's a question. So yeah. we go back to the ethics. And I think that's a very difficult question. I'm not I sure. Agree. I'm not sure. So um, I agree. All yeah. right. We are at uh, 14 minutes right now. Uh, oh. So we can do one more topic. Can we, uh, can we talk about the, that, the article about how cats can learn the names of their friends? Yes. Which one is that? Um, so the article is called Cats Can Learn the Names of Their Companions. Um, okay. Well, you start talking about okay. this because well, I think it's a wonderful topic. I'll try to look up that article because you sent like 15,000 articles in the last minute just before this podcast. So I'm really well prepared. Well, it's in, it's in the... It's in the it's in the older articles that we looked at, just to remind you. And it says cats can learn the names of their companions, so it should be hard time. So <laughs> she says, okay. So this this was a report that of a study that um, was published, um, I think, in the spring, right? So we're just catching up on it now. And so it was done in at, um, at Kyoto University. And we've been to Kyoto. Yeah, we have Kyoto's been to Kyoto. Beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yes, yeah, so this is a, this is of course a a reach out to anybody that's in Japan. We would love to come back. We like we love Japan. Yeah, yes. we love Japan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, the goal of this study was to determine if cats knew the names of the cats they live with, and I think they were also um, uh, sort of secondarily looking to see if cats knew the names of their of their owners. And they can I believed, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do cats know their know their own names? Oh, oh. Um, well, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that helps you. <laughs> because don't you need to know your own name before you know someone else's name? Not necessarily. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, Not that makes a lot cat. of sense. Okay, <laughs> let's keep yes. on going. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I love how they did this. So, so I'll I'll describe how they did it. So in the first experiment. It says the scientists recruited 48 cats. So it sounds like the cats had to sign up online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. fill in this form. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sign your life away. So they recruited 48 cats and they showed them digital photos of a cat they live with. No way. <laughs> I can just. But what has that to do with the name of the cat? So I can, can you not just imagine the job of these scientists? They've got this printed out digital photo and they're like following a cat around and trying to get him to look at it. <laughs> okay, then it says at the same time, a stranger would call either the correct name of the cat in the picture or the wrong name of the cat in the picture. And it's- Okay, says, I have a facial expression right now that is just like, I just what? I just love this. And so when the wrong name was used, the cats paid more attention than when the right name was used. And the authors interpreted that as the cats were confused because they were looking at Fluffy, but somebody was saying the cat's name was, I don't know, Frank. 
right? And so the yeah. cat's looking at the photo and in the cat's brain, it's going, well, that's Muffy. But then the person in the experiment is saying that's Frank. And the cat's like, why? Yeah, exactly. Did you say Frank? Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that's experiment one. Experiment two. Yes. Um, well, <laughs> experiment two was with owners. So this was 26 cats. And in this experiment, they showed them pictures of their owners, right? So again, they I can just imagine them with this little digital photo of the owners and they're like following the cats around. You know how hard it is to get a cat to look at anything, right? So I can yeah. just see them going, here, Fluffy, look at this, look at this, right? And then, so then they, 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 they were looking at cues to see if the cat recognized the photos. They were looking at facial cues um, and they thought that the cats like looked longer at and had more facial cues yeah. um, when it was somebody they knew, right? And sorry, I've got that backwards. It was the same as the previous one when it was the wrong name, right? So they know the person and they're looking at the person, right? And so like the person, Susan, but somebody says, no, that's Yola. And so they looked at the photo of Susan longer, right? Again, because they were confused. They're like, but that's Susan, I know it's Susan. <laughs> So, I don't know. <laughs> okay, where was this published? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I don't. Um, it's in the journal called Scientific Reports. Yeah. So it says. Um, so here, here's oh, it's nature. It's a nature journal. That the other little wrinkle is that they did this with cats who lived in homes with people, but in Japan, as Yola and I know, there's a lot of cat cafes. Yeah. Right. And so they also did it with cats who lived in cat cafes. And this effect was mostly seen in the cats who live in homes. So yeah. they, they, their um, interpretation was like cats who live in cat cafes live with so many cats, they live with more cats. Right. Because cat cafes usually have a lot of cats. So if there's less cats, like there is in a home, then they're more likely to actually remember the names of the cats who live in the, in the home. <clears throat> yeah so i think so. it's really interesting sure if i believe <laughs> the you know you know it's 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 a difficult thing to really believe that's the so i like one of the conclusions further studies are needed oh good to clarify how cats learn the association between names and faces and what motivates them Oh, I'm in the article right now, and I see cat A face and cat B face. <laughs> so. And it is like, they're quite different. And <laughs> they say this is Susan, but it's really fluffy. Yeah, I know. Gosh. I know. I know, it's very cool. Yeah. So, so I, how do you train cats like this? Oh, you know, look at those attention frames. <laughs> well, they're like, they're not. They're not training them. They're just like following them around all over the place with photos to see if they know the name of the cat in the photo. Um, I think I, I love this study just because I, I can picture the, the poor researchers following cats around all day trying to get them to look at photos. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyway. They, they have quite a lot of data there, but uh, yeah. congrats but they, to them. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's brilliant. It's brilliant that you yeah. spend time doing this. But uh, but if you think of it, just, how else are they going to find out? You can't exactly ask the cat, like, hey, what's No, you can't. Doing? No, you so can't. Is that to, Susan? You know, yeah. yeah, they have to figure out some of these, you know, kind of indirect ways. So 
I, I give them yeah, but full the, marks the time for their that a creativity. cat looks at a, a picture, is that truly a reflection of, I don't believe that you're saying the right name, or is it more like, oh my God, look at that awful picture. No. I can just see him going like, Susan has much better headshots than that. Like, why did you Yeah, I just want to say, Susan's hair looked much better because that's the first thing that she always looks at. It's and true. on this picture, Susan's hair looks really bad. And, and yep. they say, you know, Annabelle. Annabelle and I'm like no it's Susan with bad hair can't you see that Susan with bad hair <laughs> or it's not Susan exactly. because that, that person has bad hair and Susan always has great hair so uh, <laughs> yeah. oh well oh, uh, a very very interesting article and I'm so happy that we discussed this um so well, now that we've talked about it I'll be very interested to see if we um get any comments on social media from people who believe one way or the other Right, yeah, that, no, that no, yeah. If you, if you have comments, name. or maybe the we yeah. should look if we can I'd talk like with the researchers. Uh, that would be wonderful if we could interview one of those researchers yeah, that did yeah. that because I'm so interested in, in how they got these cats to do what they wanted to do. <laughs> so maybe we should send uh, Dr. Takaji-san a message and see if we could talk go. with that person. But I, I'd also like to hear from some of our listeners if they think their cats know the names of other cats or do you know do you think your cat knows your name I, so, i've never so thought I, about that before i'm mm. always wondering if cats know their name but i've never wondered if they know my name yeah but i mean i go back to my original question do they do they know their own name <laughs> i think they i i i've had cats that i'm sure do and i know i've had cats that i'm sure either don't know it or don't care yeah, because that's always the problem with the cat. So they yes. might not care, although they might yes. know, they still yeah. might not care. So the, it's an interesting question. So if you call the cat's name, do yeah. they come because they recognize the name or they recognize your voice? And the intonation of your voice says, oh, Susan wants something. That Susan person wants something from me again. Um, and so because in your <laughs> intonation of the voice, so I can imagine that you say, uh, Fluffy, you need to come to the vet with me. Please come and I can stuff you in a cage. Sounds different, Land. <laughs> oh, kitty, 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 kitty. I have some food for you. I love you so much. Come to the kitchen. See, that's completely different. So yeah. has yeah. nothing to do with, hey, I recognize Susan's name. So I guess this is the time to go. Um, and then, yeah. <clears throat> it has I to have do to with, with, with a neutral voice. Yeah, yeah, everything with a neutral voice that, <laughs> that will be better. It's a, it's a very interesting. I'm happy that we discussed this. Uh, it's a very interesting article, Actually, and we'll put the article in the show notes. And by the way, we are at the end of our show anyway. Uh, so we talked about CRISPR and we talked about uh, learning cat names um, yes. in cats. Cats yes. learning cat names. Cats learning cats cat knowing names. cat names. Yes. It is. So there you go. Uh, it Does is, your cat? There's my question for our audience. Does your cat know your name? Yeah, but how do you know? Well, you do the experiment like these guys did. You follow them around with the photo. Oh, no, you I, that's a great idea. So you take pictures of your family. It's yeah. you, uh, your partner, your kids. That's kind of what And they then did. you then show the picture of. So I should. So I'll have Chippy here. I'm, for the I'm, last 20 minutes. That's what they did. I'm just going <laughs> Chippy. So I'll show a picture of. Susan and I say Daniel and see if Chippy responds to that. Well, Chippy's a, not a cat. 
No, but he behaves like a cat. Okay, might be a good uh, substitute then. Yeah. <laughs> so if the theory's correct, yeah. he should stare at the photo for a long time because he'll be very confused yes. about why you're saying Daniel is Yes, yes. yes, yes. Okay, yes. so you're going to test it out and report next episode. Absolutely, absolutely. No, this okay. is a great, and I, but still, please let us know if you think that your cat knows your knows name, your put name. it in the show, or put it in our, our chat, and, yes. uh, and hopefully we'll find out well, if it yeah. is true or not. We'll so answer this is, the question. We'll answer the question, yeah, forever right. and ever. So, Dr. Susan, thank you very much. Uh, this uh, is the Per Podcast. And uh, if you want more information, it's at Per Podcast uh, in our, most of our social media sites and at perpodcast.net, which is our website, which will be very soon uh, up to date by Dr. Yeah. Susan. She's a little behind here. Well, I was uh, on vacation. <laughs> yes, vacation time uh, has has done that. Yeah. And uh, maybe a little bit post-COVID too. You know, you never a know. A little bit. Uh, yeah. But uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Uh, this was a great yes. uh, episode. Uh, thank you, Dr. Susan. Fun topics. Okay, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Dr. Susan Little is a feline medicine specialist with two cat-only hospitals in Ottawa, Canada. She is best known as an international speaker and as the author and editor of two textbooks, The Cat, Clinical Medicine and Management, and August, Consultations in Feline Internal Medicine. Along with three cats, she also admits to owning two dogs, and you can follow her on social media with the handle at CatPetSusan. Dr. Yerla Kirpenstein is a diplomat of the American and European College of Veterinary Surgeons and a big cat fan. His specialties range from surgical oncology and reconstruction to minimally invasive surgery. He is the author of two textbooks on basic and reconstructive surgery. Did you know he was allergic to cats? Yola works currently at Hills Pet Nutrition. You can follow him on social media with the handle at GVETSX. This episode is made possible by the generous sponsorship of the Take the Pledge Against Struvites in Pets Facebook page. Did you know there are three easy steps to treat bladder stones in cats with lower urinary tract signs? Step one is to take a radiograph, and if there is a stone present in the bladder, step two is to use the Minnesota Urolith app for iPhone and Android to determine the most likely type of stone. Step three is to treat the cat for at least two to three weeks with an appropriate diet and see if the stone gets smaller. If so, keep feeding that diet until the stone is completely gone on follow-up radiographs. If not, check compliance with the owner and look for alternative treatment options. Join veterinarians worldwide to take the pledge not to remove struvite stones by surgery anymore. The opinions of this podcast are those by Dr. Susan Little and Dr. Yola Kirpenstein. Veterinary medicine is a complex profession, and often there are multiple diagnostic and therapeutic options for different disease processes. If you're a pet owner with questions, please go to your local veterinarian. If you're a veterinary professional, ask your questions on our Instagram page, at per podcast. 